0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: We thank you for this past week, God, for what it meant, Lord Jesus, and we love you. This understanding, Lord God, our heart, our minds, Lord Jesus, our Father. We gathered with a purpose. And that is to learn of you, Lord God, to hide this in our heart, Lord God, to strengthen and build up our most holy faith. Touch us, God. Touch those in the back, Lord God, I pray. Throughout the day, God, have your way, Lord God. Minister, Lord God, I pray. Strengthen, Lord God, this day, I pray, and touch and heal, Lord God, and have your way. And we will thank you for it in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray this day. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. Thank you, Lord. just want to speak for a few minutes. Um, I was thinking of this past week. In fact, I told uh, Sister Rayleigh, I said, you know, it seemed like as time goes on, you just as, it uh, seemed like when I, I guess I'm to the age now where I can say when I was a child, this used to be Thanksgiving. It seemed like all it is now is just Black Friday. And um you know, the commercials you hear, it's just more and more Black Friday and Cyber Monday and I like to joke once in a while and I just say all the things they forgot is Blue Tuesday. But uh it's just so much of it. It's just it is just literally everywhere. It is just consuming. It's everywhere you look, everywhere you do, it's just and I know it's just people just wanting your money. They just want to make sales, and I know it's a method to it, but uh, really and truly, when it comes down to it, I know there's a purpose for Thanksgiving, and I understand it a little bit, but from a biblical point of view, um, this is not something that we do just once a year. Um, God has given us so much to be thankful for, and at times it is, uh, you know, when you're really in the heat of the battle and somebody comes in and slaps you on the back and says, You should be thankful. Well, you want to slap them on the back, but it's not in a, a brotherly way. You know, you're just human. You know, you feel the effects of the fire and they might be on the mountain skipping, you know, from one mountaintop to the other and you might literally be in the fire. But uh we are to be thankful, no matter where we're at. And that has just come through discipline and um normally what I do this time of the year I changed up I didn't do and that's no big deal to you. But there's just some things in life I guess you just view life where you're at. And I was thinking when we me and Sister Rayleigh was actually married at this time, but we hadn't been married long. And it was my first cousin and she was talking uh she was small and she was talking to us and um She was describing someone, uh, an event that had happened, and I said, well, how old was he? And she said, he's in his 30s, and he is old. (laughs) And so I just looked at her, and she said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not talking about you, you know, but, and she was young, you know, so you just view life at the age you're at, and that's what affects us, uh, because that's the way usually we see it and that's why I've always tried to say um, and get across if we can take the wisdom of the elderly and the zeal of the youth and put that together then we can have something and because uh, you know the old joke is the the elderly says the wisdom don't, <laughs> the, the youth don't never want to do nothing and the youth says the the elderly don't know nothing and when it's, it's, it's just the opposite if we could combine them two then you really would have something and that's what really to me is so good about the Bible because when you sit down and read it you are reading so much wisdom that it's like when you're going out this sanctuary the two doors and if your life depended on which door to go out and you could go to the Bible and it would tell you which door to go out then that is how valuable this book is because you go to a passage and, and I've always said, you know, take the Bible and read about yourself because you are in here and we take this and it becomes literally life to us and it's not just you're reading about characters in the Bible, you are reading about you yourself and how it relates to yourself And because when you always read of somebody, when you're reading about Abraham, that's why. And I guess I've maybe been too strong in this area. When you read about Old Testament characters, if you just leave it at Abraham, then I believe you are losing the point. Because the point is we must glean, as Paul told us that the Old Testament is our schoolmaster. We must glean from what they've learned and what God has taught them to bring in the New Testament to help us not to be put under the law like they was under, but to learn from what they learned. And it's just literally now, it is just the, t- the time in which we live, and it, it, it is just, sin is just rampant. It, it is just literally to us, I would say, to us in this generation seemingly, it has never been so easy to sin it is just everywhere. It is just it is just literally at your fingertips. It is just so much available. It is so easy to do. And it is literally everywhere. Now, to the Christian, to the one that is trying, to the one that is literally trying to live for God, the Bible tells us where sin abounded, grace did not just equal that. God just does not give us. If you have a weakness in a certain area where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. So here's the point. Where my weaknesses are, doesn't mean that I go flirt with that just to prove this scripture. Where my weakness is, God said, if you will resist that, then I will give you the strength to overcome that. And you would not be saying, but you know, I got right here and I couldn't go any further. No. God said, I'm not going to give you the strength to equal that. I will give you the strength to overcome that. It is not just equal for equal. God said, grace would much more abound. And it's not someone just trying to just pray for me while I overcome this day. There's a lot of sin out there. No, that is not what is meant. God is saying, I will give you the strength. First, acknowledge that I have a weakness, that I need God. And I'm telling you, we are to live, I know I say this, we are to live in 24-hour cycles. We are to get up, acknowledge there is a God, acknowledge that I need him, and acknowledge that God give me the strength for whatever comes my way, and give me the help that I need. And therefore, and then, whatever comes our way, God said that he would not only give us the grace, he would give us more grace than what we need to overcome that day. And that's his word, so he said he would do it. And because life is just, we just live life at our level. I know that's a simple statement, but we do. And it can be overwhelming at times when all we see is life, eye uh, level, and what affects us. We are just taught that this walk, and it is a walk by faith. But I'm getting tore apart. I'm getting tore apart. I can't physically see God. I can't see. I can't see what's going on in the spiritual realm. I have to physically see what my, what my life is, and my life is getting torn apart. All I see is eye level. But when you think about it, if you don't know this, this is amazing to me. And it's, we have been told this. What is the most repeated command in the Bible? Fear not. It's literally the most repeated command in the Bible. Do not fear. And I believe God made that for a reason because he knew we're just flesh and blood, we are humanity, and we are living at our level. That's as far as we can see and God knows that we are just flesh and we deal with what's in front of us right now. We have to deal with it. So God said repeatedly, fear not. Number two it's trust in the Lord. We are not to fear what life brings us. Sometimes it does overwhelm us and knock us to our knees. But God said, fear not. And we, we can just throw up. I'm not blasting you. We can throw our shoulders out and just act as strong as we want to be. But life does overwhelm us at times. And when it does, God said, and he will take his word and strengthen us through his word. He said, trust in me. And it's not a sign of weakness when life does that to us. Any character you read of in the Bible had times when they needed God. And really, when you think about it, they needed God every day just like we do. That's why you should never put the characters in a Bible on a level way up here thinking, I could never obtain that. That's not the case. That's why the Bible tells us the good and the bad of these characters, not to, not to just try to throw rocks at them to just make you see that they was humanity just like you was. Because if the Bible always speaks of their good points, Then when you sinned or I sinned, we're thinking, I can't obtain to that. And God is is just not like that. He's just saying, look, when you make a mistake, admit it, repent. And God said he would offer forgiveness to those that would confess their sins and do that. He would do that. Now, we can take, we can do that. And the Bible says, where sin abounded, grace did the more. Abound. We know that for a fact. Now, I'm going to ask you to turn, if you want to, if not, just follow on the screen to the first book of the Bible. I'm not going to mention it, but it's the first book of the Bible. The Bible says in the first book, first one, in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day and the darkness night, and the evening and morning were the first day. Now, my question really, and this is just me, this is just what I believe. The light that was revealed, the very first thing that God did Now, this we know. I know the Bible says that he called it light, or he called the the light day and the darkness night. I know what the Bible says. But the light, natural light that we see was not created till the fourth day. But the very first thing, when God spoke and said, let there be, the very first thing he revealed was his nature. And his nature is light. The first thing he did was to dispel the darkness. And that principle can never be changed. It can never be overcome. The Bible says the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then God said, let there be light. And when he did that, he dispelled the darkness. Now, the only way, and we see this in natural terms, the only way for there to be darkness, simply put, is there must be an absence of light. Simply put, just put it ever how you want to. Darkness can never overrule the light. God put this principle from the very beginning. And what I've always said, and just thinking and, and just The light that he created then, I believe, was spiritual light. When he revealed that light, like I said, the other light as we know it wasn't until the fourth day. So I believe this light, when he put this and spoke it in, I believe it was a spiritual light that he would make himself known unto humanity. He spoke that light in. That light was revealed. He overwhelmed the darkness. He did it. And that light, that w- what we see, and that can never be done. Now, he took and he said, let there be and there was. And simply put, that law is still in effect today. And just simply put, God just spoke it into existence. He said, from this point on, from this point on, Darkness will never overrule the light because I have spoken it, I have done it, and this is what he done. He just revealed himself. His very first thing he did was reveal who he was, and God is light, and the Bible tells us that. Now, in the second chapter, just turn over one chapter. In Genesis 2 and 3, speaking of the Sabbath, and God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because... That in it he had rested from all his work which he had created and made. Now, right, my point is from the very beginning, all that God created and made, the Sabbath, God took the Sabbath as we know it, God took and said, Look, six days shall you work, but one day you set aside for me. I want you on the Sabbath. I want you to give yourself and I want this to be for a sacred purpose. I want you to set aside this. He said it, he said it, you can read of it in Exodus, but he said, You give me this day. And like I said, from the very beginning, God has longed to reveal Himself to His creation. And that's why a church like ours that reads and studies so much it's just not enough for us to come to church and go home because we know that God has said that he has given us of his spirit and we are blessed to come home, I mean to come to church and then have anointed ministers minister to us and God give us strength through his word and through the Holy Ghost. Then go home and God said, shut the door, get in your closet, pray unto me and then have the Holy Ghost reveal items and, and, and dark sayings unto us because when we are at home, God not only touches us in here but God has always longed to reveal himself to us and it's not just it's not just always trying to just figure out just some big mystery in the word. There's things about life in general. There's situations in life that we get into that we need answers to that God can tell us and help us with And that's why I said, never, ever. You come to church, never, ever. I've said, listen from the time you get close. When you walk in here, listen. Listen with your heart. It doesn't matter what is going on. You might not need it today, but Tuesday, you might need it. God can have something and it's just literally. I, I, I promise you with everything that's in me, One of the hardest times of my life, God touched me in a Sam's. You might not believe that, but literally I promise you, it was me and my wife, we are just walking by something and and I seen something that I never know what it would do to me. But I'm telling you, God has ways to touch us, to give us what we need, to give us a word like we never thought that he would do before. That's why the Holy Ghost can touch us and anoint us and give us what we need. For God is not just saying, I will just anoint you and give you what you need in my house. God said, Take my spirit, live with it, do not grieve it. If you do, repent. And then God will touch us all the time and give us what we need. So he said, Take the Sabbath. Do not, do not take, and, and I, I understand. That what life does to us and some people has to work on Sunday I'm not bashing that I'm just saying as a principle God said I want you at least one day a week to set aside give yourself unto me because I want to commune with you and it's not just saying God said I want you and I want you to worship me but God is saying I want to, I want to reveal myself to you it's not a one sided deal where God said, I just want your worship. God said, I long to reveal myself to you, my creation. And if I'm just satisfied to walk through the doors and just say, tell me something I don't know, then I've missed it. I go home, I go home empty. And then and God said, I have longed to reveal something to you, but you come in and you wouldn't receive it. And then I go home missing it. And just thinking, I just can't believe that's all they preached, you know, and God said, I had a word for you, but your heart wasn't right. You didn't receive it. I gave it, but you didn't receive it. And I, I'm telling you, it's a truth. It's a truth. Now, in, turn with me, if you would, to Daniel. The Bible tells us, if you want to read or, or just follow on the screen, in Daniel, the second chapter, uh, excuse, yeah, Daniel 2, let's read... Um, Daniel 2, and let's start at 18. This is where Daniel is speaking of his companions. And he's talking about the king had a dream, and he's talking about the interpretation of that dream. That they would desire the mercies of God of heaven concerning this secret. He's speaking of the dream. That Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon, 19. Then the secret... Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven and Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever for wisdom and might are his and he changeth the time and the seasons and removeth kings and setteth up kings and giveth wisdom unto the wise and knowledge to them that know understanding and revealeth the deep and secret things he knoweth What is in the darkness and the light dwelleth with him. I thank thee and praise thee. O God, O thou God of my fathers, that giveth me wisdom and might and made known unto me now what we desired of thee for what we have asked of thee. In other words, for thou hast made known unto us the king's matter. Because speaking of Daniel and his three companions, he said you have, we have asked You have made known to us the interpretation of these dreams, and you have made known, you have revealed it unto us, the interpretation of us, what was in the darkness. You have made known by the light that you've given unto us. Daniel was telling them. So he is saying that God did this. One thing that I think that we forget, that when we read about these men like Daniel is that it's hard to imagine what they went through. And it's trying to be as plain and as kind as I can. But these men was taken to Babylon, made eunuchs. And from all intents and purposes, Daniel lived his whole life in captivity. But yet, read of the revelations that God used this man for. It is overwhelming of what physically what he had to endure and then spiritually what God put upon him. And it's just, how can you balance the two? It is unbelievable that God so anointed Daniel and Daniel somehow was able to keep a right mind, a right understanding, and to live his whole life in captivity not even going back to his homeland when he got old up in age but apparently staying in Babylon his whole life and then in the 12th turn with me over if, you, if if you still have your bible let's just turn over with me to the 12th chapter this is what god told him in the end but thou daniel but thou o daniel shut up the word seal the book even to the time of the end for many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased Now, run down to eight. And I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, O my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? Now, here's Daniel asking questions. Now, nine, and he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So here is Daniel plainly telling in verse 8, I heard, but I understood not. And then the angel is telling them, He said, O oh my Lord, what shall be the end of these things? And in 9, He said, Go thy way, Daniel, for these words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Daniel is telling them, I don't understand. But the angel is telling Daniel, it's not for you to understand. The time is not yet. You have been told all that you was to know. For 70 weeks are determined among thy people. 69 has been fulfilled, the 70th not yet. But you are to seal up what has been told to you. And then he's telling them, but I understood not. Daniel is still wanting to know this revelation. But he told him, you are not to know. You seal this. So he did. And then he tells him, he said, seal it up and end it to the time of the end. Now this is me. I believe revelation is the unsealing of what Daniel was told to seal. For the angel told him, Knowledge is gonna be increased. Many is gonna run to and fro and there's gonna be just a rampant increase. Never have we seen knowledge like it is today. There There is so much information on you and me that it is scary what is out there. But he said, seal it and then when you go to Revelation, the only one worthy to break the seals At Daniel's time, hadn't been born. Hadn't even been born yet. But the lamb was gonna be the one that was gonna be able to unloose the seals. For it was not time in Daniel's day to do this. So he told him, even when Daniel asked, I don't understand. And he said so much, it's not for you, Daniel, to understand these times. So Daniel did this. He put it up, and now, turn with me. Let's go to uh, Revelation, and I'll just read the first three verses. In Revelation 1 through 3, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants the things which must shortly come to pass. He sent, signified by his angel unto his servant John, who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus And of all things, blessed is he that readeth and heareth the words of this prophecy and keepeth those things which are written therein, for the time is at hand. Only the lamb was willing. Only the lamb was the one that could loose the seals. I do believe, it is of my belief, you do not have to get on board with me with that. I do believe revelation is the unsealing of those seals. God is the one, he told us that he came and I believe through all of time, all of recorded time, you can see God wanting to reveal his self to humanity, now what I'm fixing to say is me and you take it from me and I'll try not to abuse where I'm standing at, but I believe a lot of good men gets crossed up in this point. The Bible tells us that no man knows the day or the hour when our God is coming back. That's why I have said that when I study this book, I don't study it from a point and lock in when God is coming. Because it is not, God said nobody knows. And whenever, if I was to tell you if I think God is coming here or there, or if I lock in and say God is coming here, then I've just went against this word. I'm telling you, I have. That's why I, I, I wouldn't focus on that. I would focus on what the Bible says, what we can prove, and what we can prove is God said no one knows the day or the I'm not saying we do not have to have uh, an opinion about it, but when I allow myself to get fixed on that, And becoming saying, this is when God is coming. I know that because this, this, and this. Well, I'm doing something that the Bible says that I don't even know. But my point is this. This book is in here for a reason. And I believe that reason, just as God told his disciples when they were standing there, I have foretold you that I'm gonna be crucified. I have foretold you this. So his disciples the Bible says they all fled, and this just John stood from afar, I think, or Peter stood from afar, and so I believe Revelation is here for a reason, and what God is wanting to do is literally what the book says—to reveal Himself to us, not as the most repeated in uh, phrase in the Bible is to fear not. God doesn't want His church to just be afraid of a book that's in the Bible. Literally, hear me, that is not the case. God gave us this book to make us aware of what is going to happen. One thing about it, whatever comes and whatever goes, God is going to take care of his church. He's going to protect us if we have to die or if he raptures us. God is going to take care of us. And that is the truth. That is the truth. That's why I've said and, and, and if you think that was out of line then I'm sorry. All that I know is this I will not allow myself in my studies of this to fixate on something that God said that no man knows. So I believe it is a pure revealing of who God is. He is the one. He is the one. It is truly. He is the one. Now he took... And he took and unsealed it. Now, one last thing. Turn with me to the book of Luke, and I'll read one last passage. This is speaking of Zacchaeus, and it's a point that I want to make. In Luke 19, here Jesus is passing through Jericho, the Bible says in the first verse, and it says it like this. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and he could not for the press, because he was little in stature. And he ran before and climbed up a sycamore sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when he had came to the place, speaking of Jesus, he looked up and saw him, said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. My point is this, the Bible says, and this is the way I take it, he was a publican and he was rich. Now, he was already hated, a rich publican. So we know that. But what stands out to me, he sought to see Jesus who he was. I don't need healing I don't need no questions asked. I just want to see who you are. I want to see who you are. I want to know who you are. I have all the money I need. I don't need a blessing in my finances. I just want to know who you are. I just want to see the real you. And the result of that and I believe that's literal to see who he was. He's Zacchaeus, make haste and come down for today. Make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. And I believe that's always God's response. For when faith is presented, God will not turn away. And it is not just, I'm not saying if, if you're sick, you shouldn't come. I don't mean that at all. I'm saying that when we want to know God, and don't, don't read me wrong, I'm not saying I want to know just for knowing's sake. All I'm saying is I want to know God like I never have. We live in such a world that we just think, what's the purpose sometimes to our world? It has just gone so crazy. And I'm saying, let sin abound because I know God has got so much more grace to us to give us. And just like Zacchaeus, he wanted to see who he was. And he said, make haste, for today I want to go home with you. Today I want to reveal myself to you and show myself to you. And this is not a one-time deal. This is a 365-day event that God can give us strength. And can touch us and give us what we need. Because he will always comfort and touch and do that. That's why I think that we, I've said and I believe it. There's people, God to never turn away faith. Never. You see these people, Brother Boyd, I think Brother Boyd, if not, it's on tape. <laughs> if I'm wrong. <laughs> Brother Boyd um, has mentioned the miracle water in I'll just leave that alone. People that praise for someone and the people are healed. Do I think they're healed? Absolutely. It is not the one doing the praying. It is the one that's offering the faith. It could be the sorriest joker that you've ever seen. Whoever they are. And if the one in line says, God, I believe you with everything that's in me. I'm telling you, God ain't going to turn that away. And then and, and people think, says, wow, that God is such a healer. Careful who you give praise to. God is the healer of the broken. God is the healer. That's why when we take and come into church and offer our faith and our praise and our sacrifice of praise, don't think God's turned that away because he hadn't. He's going to give us just what we need and comfort and touch us because he is the one that's going to do it. And it's just, I believe that in in the revealing of God, it's just so much is out there, so much has been muddled and confused and just muddied, if you will. I'm just not going to get in it. I'm just not going to let it affect me. I believe there's only one God. I believe this Bible backs it up and I'm not going to argue it. I'm just going to believe that God revealed himself to us through the only visible image that we know and that's in the only begotten flesh of Jesus Christ. We know him, we know who he is. He is the only lamb of God and we know he is the one that is available to us. He gave his self for us, robed himself in flesh. And I thank him for it. He is the one that has made itself available to us. For he told him, he told him, Zacchaeus, today, today. And later on in that chapter, he literally told him, God told him, today, salvation has come to thy house. Salvation has come. So his faith brought a lot more than just, God, I want to desire you. Because knowing you has brought salvation. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask you to stand. if you
0: This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m.